it is. This is the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. I'm Troy Skinner. Yes, I am. With David Forsey. David Forsey's a pastor in the area of a house church that meets at a multitude of locations. So if you're interested in finding out where those are, maybe he meets maybe he meets right down the street from where you live and you don't know it yet. So if you're interested to find out, reach out to me and I'll try to connect you. You can reach out to me. The easiest way is to go to householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's the name of my church. And so our website is just our name plus a dot com, householdoffaithinchrist.com. Again, this is the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD, so you can follow us there too, wfmd.com. Find the Faith Debate page. There you'll be able to link to past programs, uh, see what's coming up on future programs, and link to some helpful resources and that sort of stuff. So today, we are going to grapple with the statement on Christian nationalism and the gospel. And this is a statement, boy, statement and a half, although... There's uh, it, it, it could have been longer. <laughs> you think so? Huh? It, it could have been. Um, Even so, more clarified. Yeah. So what we're going to do here, if you listened to this show a few months back, or probably more than a few months now, um, we did a show on theonomy and Christian nationalism that wasn't following the statement per se. It was just talking about the issues as they were appearing on social media and all the fighting that's going on among Christian brothers and sisters on these sorts of issues. And so we addressed it with a series of, I don't know, three, four, five shows, something like that. But now we're going to follow this structure and use this statement as our outline. And David Forsey and I are going to do our best to to grapple with it in, in a fair uh, and forthright manner. So are we up to this task? Oh, I think so. All right. So... Uh, by the time this airs, as we do tend to record the show a little bit in advance, things could change. So let me give you the context. Here's what it says at the top of the statement that is currently available as we record. This is a draft version, it says. Please send recommendations for changes below or through and a direct message, and they give their Twitter handle. Uh, it says draft one is released on May 1st, 2023. Version two is released on May 23rd, 2023. The final version will take shape in mid-July at the Council on Christian Nationalism with a single-day conference to follow. Well, this is well past July. I don't it know. Is. So I don't know what happened, but they never actually did what they were intending to do. I don't know if they had their little conference and everything blew up, or if they didn't have their conference. I don't know. But for some reason, they didn't follow through, and so this is still the uh, the, the version that came out back in May. Anyway, the authors are James Silberman and Dusty Devers, with contributing editors William Wolf, Joel Webin, Jeff Wright, Corey Anderson. If you're paying attention to the Christian nationalism debate on social media and all that sort of the mudslinging and this sort of thing, a lot of those names I just mentioned will sound familiar because they're they're very much involved in in the discussion. So anyway, so there's the preamble. Now they give us a definition. Let's see what we think about this definition. Okay, Christian nationalism is a set of governing principles rooted in Scripture's teaching that Christ rules the supreme Lord and King of all creation, who has ordained civil magistrates with delegated authority to be under him, over the people, to order their ordained jurisdiction by punishing evil and promoting good for his own glory and the common good of the nation. And then there's a handful of proof texts that they provide. A couple provide handfuls, there. yeah. So... Uh, I've got a thought on this, but what's your, do you have an initial thought, or should I share my initial thought first? Uh, my initial thought is that that's about that's about right. Hmm. Maybe if it, uh, we will. I, a lot, a lot. Uh, maybe the rest of this is what are these governing principles? Yeah, because uh, uh, Christ, Christ is Lord, King of all creation. Yeah, I don't think there's anything they say here that's untrue. Right. 
So if that's what you mean, I'm, I'm agreeing. Yeah, there's nothing here that's untrue. <laughs> However, I, this, is the, this is supposed to be the, the definition. And I feel as a definition, I think it's vague enough to be mostly inoffensive because everything they say is true. But it's, I think, also vague enough to be unhelpful. I don't know that this is really definitive as a definition. I don't, I, I, I don't think this is exacting enough. I would have, I would have liked something a little bit more incisive and and like spot on like this is our definition as opposed to just these broadly theological biblical truths that we're talking about i don't know i i i when i first when i read this the first time well i just read it to you listener for the first time but when i read it in my you know in my uh, study you know all lonesome alone in my study when i read this for the first time and i read this i was like oh boy they're not going to say anything's going to be clarifying I think they're playing it safe. That was my first. That was my first reaction when I read this definition the first first time months ago. We'll, we'll find out if you're so right we'll as see, we go yep, through the rest. We will find out. So, <laughs> introduction. Christian nationalism is primarily concerned with the righteous rule of civil authorities, not spiritual matters pertaining to salvation. The desire for a Christian nation is not a distraction from the gospel, but rather an effort to faithfully apply all of Scripture to all of life, including the public square. As such, Christian nationalism is not just for civil authorities, just as submitting to Christ's lordship is not just for civil authorities, but for all people. After the Lord Jesus declared his sovereign authority, they cite Matthew 28, he gave the Great Commission and commanded his followers, empowered by his everlasting presence, to make disciples of, quote, all nations, and to baptize them and, quote, teach them to obey all that I have commanded. Our Lord did not exclude all civil authorities from the command to submit to his authority and display allegiance to him. I'm going to pause there because there's a whole other, like, second half to the introduction, but there's some things to talk about there, and that's a lot. Uh, I'll give you my first thoughts. You can either spin off yeah, of what, what I say, what jumps out to you. or you can spin off of the words that I just read. But uh, they go out of their way to say something. If Daniel uh, Rasby were here, uh, they, they, they used a phrase that, that he would use a lot, uh, pertaining to salvation. We're not saying this is a salvation issue. This isn't going to keep you out of heaven. This isn't about salvation. This is something other than salvation. It's about spiritual matters, maybe, but not spiritual matters that pertain to salvation. So they want to make that clear. They're not saying if you disagree with them that you're, that you're consigned to hell. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, 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 would, I, I would pick at that a little bit as, as an annoying scab, but I'll, I'll leave it for now. But then the thing that really is a little dissatisfying to me is the very next sentence, the desire for a Christian nation. Well, isn't that the whole point? What is that? They don't define it. They just, they just put it out there. It's the desire for a Christian nation, whatever that might be. <laughs> Because it's not hasn't been well defined because their Christian national uh, nationalism dis definition at the top really doesn't nail that down for me, and so I'm still not sure what they're meaning to say when they use that phrase. And why is that important, listener? Because it means so many different things to so many different people. You know, there's the old cliche: if you get a hundred people in a room and you ask them a question, you get a hundred different opinions. I don't think it's quite that bad with this kind of question. But I will say, in my experience, if you got into a room with ten people that are talking about Christian nationalism and you ask them all to define it, you'd probably get six different definitions. You might not get ten; they wouldn't all have their own unique. But they have like a half a dozen different definitions, and so I think something like this should help us to get on the same page. And I don't know that they do that. Uh, very well. Anyway, so it should not be a, uh, a distraction from the gospel, but rather an effort to faithfully apply all of Scripture to all of life. And my, this is one of the questions I have as somebody who's trying to—I'm not anti-Christian nationalism, by the way. If you listen to the shows we did earlier this year on this topic, I'm not opposed to it. I'm, I'm, 
I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to forever be agnostic, but I'm kind of agnostic. I don't know exactly what position uh, on all of this to take. So I'm, I'm actually a, an, an interesting foil, I think, in this. But when they're talking about it should be about faithfully applying all of Scripture to all of life, are they including unbelievers? Like, the, the government should be in the business of getting unbelievers to live the Christian life, applying all of Scripture? You know, that, that's one of the questions that people have, and I don't know that this statement does a good job of helping us know how they would answer that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get the feeling that they're trying to say that uh, that a that a Christian nation is one that would whose whose governing authorities, right, whose civil magistrates uh, would say what does Christ say is good, and promote that, and what does Christ say is evil, and punish that. So, oh, if that's what they mean, I agree. <laughs> so, I think that's gonna, and I'll, I'll, I'll try not to hammer it on that hobby horse too maybe, much. But maybe I think there's... that's one of my one of my frustrations is. Well, if I find myself saying that a lot, if that's what they mean, I agree. <laughs> right. But then someone will say that's not what they mean. They mean this, and then I'll say, well, if they mean that, then I don't agree. But I can't be sure what they mean. That's been my my struggle with this. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else on the first half of the introduction? Otherwise, you want me to read the second half? Yeah, we can move on. All right, we recognize the existence of other definitions of Christian nationalism. <laughs> other than the one they just gave. <laughs> okay, what are we supposed to do with that? Anyway, maybe I should, maybe should be a little bit more just in the moment as I read these, right? Because <laughs> seriously, that's, that's my core complaint with all of this, is somebody please just tell me what it means, right? This is, they're putting out a statement that, that they're hoping will be kind of, this will be the definitive statement that we're all going to, argue about and 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 connect to right this is we're all going to respond to this we're either accepting or rejecting what is outlined in this statement right that's kind of the goal why would you put out a statement otherwise yeah to clarify and say no when we say christian nationalist we mean this and yet i'm saying i don't feel like you're doing that and they admit as much we recognize the existence of other definitions of christian nationalism what in the world then they go on to say we certainly do not endorse every iteration of christian nationalism okay which ones don't you endorse it would be really helpful for me to know and they explicitly repudiate some such forms really such as can you give me one example just one <laughs> well are are any of the others well defined but shouldn't they, <laughs> right? Shouldn't they define them? Or isn't that their goal? Maybe, but if they if they give a a label to something. Anyway, well, they're claiming here, in <laughs> fairness, I'm being a little bit, you know, I mean, it's a radio show, and I, I I've got to have a lot of enthusiasm, energy to, to to carry the listener along on this ride because these statements can sometimes be a little dry. I get that. So, in fairness, they do go on to say that these things they repudiate and the iterations that they either are or aren't on board with uh, will be clear as uh, they say will be evident in our affirmations and denials. Okay. So we'll see All if right. we'll see if that's true. See if they keep their word there. Based on what I've said so far, I've kind of given you a little bit of precursor of what my attitude towards that will be. But anyway, they're at least saying that that's what we should expect around the corner. You may, they're talking to you now, David, you. I'm listening. You may sign this document and delineate if you affirm civil authorities legislating both tables of the law or only the second table after the article. I assume they'll tell us what tables. Yeah, they're talking well, about. yeah, they're talking about the uh, you know the, the the Ten Commandments. You've got the first table that's mostly focused on the spiritual worship of God, not having idols, 
you know, Sabbath keeping, you know, it's, it's more of a spiritual thing. And then you got the second table. It's more about loving your neighbor. Interesting. Don't kill them. Don't steal their stuff. Don't covet their wife. So they're splitting it along those kinds of lines. They're saying, if you want to make a, a separation between the overtly religious spiritual stuff and the more uh, civil sphere okay. kind of stuff, we're going to allow you to do that. So the, the first table going from love God to honor your parents, they might... Some people might say that is the personal and household sphere. And right. So, and then the, the second one is the public sphere. Okay. Yeah. I, I see. What Generally, you're... although they they might uh, include honor your parents with the second table. That that I don't want to speak for them, but I think that they might. Interesting. Okay. One of my concerns with this is it, it seems like a, like a, I feel like it's an unforced error. It's, mm. a, it, it's a hedge. It's a little paint by number. It's like, dudes. James, Dusty, William, Joel, Jeff, Corey, tell me what you think, man. Just put it out there, and I'll sign on or I won't. And if I won't, I'll tell you why. Right. Just put it out there. What's with this hedging? It's an unforced error. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Troy, I, Troy I, will stand for no vagaries. <laughs> I, I hope yours is being used by me as the look on David's face indicates that he is. Anyway, so it wraps up here with, uh, we are honored to receive signatures now. If you affirm the statement as it stands, we do not accept anonymous signatures, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Is that a thing? Are people signing things anonymously? What does that even mean? I don't know. Yeah, I, that's, maybe. <laughs> maybe certain petitions you can... Who assigns things anonymously? Hmm. That's funny. Anyway... And then they go on to say, in July, which didn't happen, we will host an editorial summit to discuss, well, the summit might have happened, any necessary amendments followed the next day by a conference, details forthcoming, we affirm and deny the following propositions, and then they get into it. So they may or may not have had the summit. That I don't know. Uh, did they have the conference? I don't know. But they, they didn't put out an update on their statement. So what does that mean? And I didn't look to see if anybody that I, that I know has signed off on this as it is. I will say for the record, I have not, and nor would I, based on its current uh, articulation of of the issues. I'm, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that I disagree per se with the because, like like David said at the beginning, Troy won't sign off on inarticulations. <laughs> what? Yeah, what they're saying is is basically true, but given <clears throat> what they're talking about and the moment that we're in, fighting about this sort of stuff, it's got to be clearer before I'll sign it. And I don't mm. think they're clear enough. Anyway, yeah. David disagrees, and that's okay. He's allowed to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> so these are the these are the affirmations and denials. We'll probably be able to at least start uh, Article 1, The Source of Truth. Whether we finish it in today's show or not depends on how long-winded I continue to be. We affirm that the Bible is God's Word. Amen. The amen I added, by the way. Breathed out by him as the only sufficient, certain, inerrant, infallible, necessary, and final authority for all saving knowledge, faith, what we must believe, and obedience, how we must live. Not only amen, but hallelujah. I could not agree any more strongly than I do with that. We affirm that the light of nature in man and God's works in creation and providence reveal God's power and nature, leaving civil authorities without excuse for failing to govern justly as his servants. Okay, I agree, right? Romans 1. Yet this knowledge is insufficient 
for repentance unto life and salvation. Okay. All truth claims and ethical standards must be tested by God's final word, which is Scripture alone, stated like a true Reformation adherent. We affirm that the Bible is clear in all essential matters. And then there's a denial here. We deny that all true beliefs, good character, or good conduct can be dictated by any authority other than God's revelation, which is a shorter way of, of saying what they just said in longer words uh, in reverse. So, yeah, I, I, I love everything about that. The only question I have, and you might have, you're probably just echoing my amens, I'm imagining. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, the only thing that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit here is they say, we affirm the Bible is clear in all essential matters. And so given that this is a statement on Christian nationalism and the gospel, is Christian nationalism one of the essential matters? All matters are essential, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wow. That's my answer. If uh, So the Bible would be clear on this? Uh, well, yeah. And the uh, the problem with saying something like essential matters is unless you list the matters that are essential or non-essential. Right. Unless you delineate that, then we're vague. Right. See? Welcome to my world. <laughs> uh, I'm winning you over. I'm winning a convert. Well, this, this is only my first time through, Troy, so. <laughs> All right. This is a, well, we've got through that one pretty quick, because I think everything they say there is true, mm -hmm. but, I mean, it's true enough, but it's not fully true enough. Like, I feel there's more clarity that, that would be beneficial here. Right? Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's what we're saying. Uh, you know, I I think you know. Do they mean essential? Yeah, it, that just needs some more definition there to be helpful. You know, if uh, you know, if if by essential are we talking about uh, how to navigate our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, understand our purpose. And how to go about our lives that yes that's essential if it's you know if it's non-essential as in like what are what are the details of various theoretical mathematics you know non non-essential yeah and, and essential unto what ends too right what are they exact unto salvation essential in, in life practice, essential in political theory issues, like they're not. Yeah. Uh, like if uh, I if I get to decide what they mean by essential matters or not, then I agree. <laughs> right. And, and in fairness, and you know, maybe I'll I'll see if I I'll I'll, I'll see. I, I I might not do it because it might feel like I'm poking the bear, and I'm not trying to do that. But I might see if I can provide a link to the shows that we're doing, right in the comment section of their Twitter thing. Or tag them somehow, and maybe the guys who wrote this, they'll, they'll they'll hear our obnoxious complaints, and they'll incorporate a couple of suggestions from our obnoxious complaints. You know, maybe some of this will be helpful to them. Who knows? Are we ready to move on to Article 2? Yeah. Orthodox Christian faith. We affirm that nations are commanded to honor God by officially affirming the Orthodox Christian faith. I'm going to swing back to that in a minute. As historically and universally defined and affirmed in the creeds, for example, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, we affirm that many denominational confessions articulate the Orthodox Christian faith. Okay. We affirm that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, revealed in Scripture alone to the glory of God alone. So they just knocked out all of the Roman Catholics. Uh, we deny that a Christian nation must require or preclude membership in any particular confessional tradition or denomination. And my question to that 
And my response, I guess, to that denial is, well, why not? That a Christian nation was... Oh, okay. There are some confessional traditions or denominations that just wouldn't fit with what they're advocating, so wouldn't that knock them out? I would preclude them, I think, at some level. Uh, hmm. Maybe, maybe the idea there is that they deny that just one particular denomination is should be the only denomination. But I understand why they're saying it. Um, and they're saying it to try to help un, uh, to help explain, to soften the language of the first sentence, what I said we swing back to, the, right. Right, the officially affirming, right? The, the uh, nations are to officially affirm the Orthodox Christian faith. Okay, well, that's scary language to certain traditions. I mean, that's what sparked the letter from the, uh, the Baptist to Thomas Jefferson that ignited the whole separation of church and state thing that we're living with to this day, right? The, the Danbury Baptists were concerned that they weren't going to be considered orthodox enough right. and they would be, they would be uh, punished by this newly established government. And Jefferson, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. So these guys are trying, in this statement now, are, are trying to hedge against that, but they're not, somebody's in and somebody's out. I, I mean, I jokingly said they just knocked out all the Roman Catholics, but I only said that as a joke for levity's purposes, but there's truth in that joke. Yeah. Because the Roman Catholics do not believe in salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, revealed in Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. I mean, those are the solas of the Reformation. That's the that's the Protestant position. It's not the Roman Catholic position. Yeah. So should the Roman Catholics be concerned? They're not considered Orthodox, I guess, by what they've said here. And so yeah. what do we do with that? That's the question people want to know. Okay. And if they say, no, no, Roman Catholics are fine. Really? Then why did you go out of your way to point out all the solas? I, I, you know, all the alones, right? This alone, that alone. Why are you pointing that yeah. out when you know the Catholics don't agree with that? Well, I, I So think, they're either I, in or they're out. I think they're excluding Catholics. Roman Catholics, yeah. So what do we do with the denial then, right? A Christian nation must require or pre we deny. They're denying that a Christian nation must require or preclude membership at any particular confessional tradition or denomination. Would the Roman Catholics want to make the argument that they're one of the traditions? Heck, they would say they're the tradition, right? <laughs> they're not just a denomination. They're the one true church, historically speaking. That would be their case. I disagree with them, but that would be their case. How does this statement right. help answer that question? I don't, I don't know that it does. Hmm. I'm doing a lot of talking. I don't, want to, I don't want to keep rambling. Do you have anything you want to, want to add? No, I, again... It seems, it seems if you know if I get to decide what some of these things mean, uh, particularly that I can agree, but then someone else could easily. And again, you know what what it seems to me that they are implicating is uh, is is accurate is correct, but there, I I think someone could th else could think that they're implying something else. Right, and hence all of the mudslinging that's been taking place over the past, you know, more than a year now. But anyway, so we got through the uh, the, the uh, introductory stuff, the definition, we got through Article 1, Article 2, so I guess in our next show we'll pick up with, with Article 3, which is the standard of justice. And I'm going to try not to 
to chitter chatter as much, but you know, I almost can't help myself. I apologize. And it doesn't help that David, he's he's so, you know, pensive and thoughtful and quick to listen and slow to speak that, you know, it just doesn't help me. Sorry, Troy. It brings out the worst in me, and I apologize for that. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, regardless of uh, bringing out the worst in me, to the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. I am Troy Skinner. I'm the pastor of Household of Faith in Christ, online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Uh, David Forsey, also a pastor of a, of a house church. It's one house church, but it meets in a whole bunch of different locations. They kind of rotate. There's like four, five, six, I don't know, 70 different churches that, that rotate, something like that, throughout the uh, like the Frederick County area and uh, areas adjacent to Frederick County. Anyway, if you'd like to connect with any of us uh, on this show, whether it be the two on panel today or David and Imran Razvi or Steven Yerger, who's sometimes on this show rather irregularly, but he's connected to what we do here, just reach out to me. I'd be glad to put you in touch with anybody that you're, you're interested in talking to. Till next time, 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com.